This is a long interview with Lily Cheatham and Josie Wicks from Boss Morris, recorded by the Making Mischief Volunteer Group at Compton Verney. So, could you please introduce yourselves? Um, I'm Josie Wicks. And I'm Lily Cheatham. Nice to meet you. So, could you tell me, what is Morris Dancing? Well, that's very broad. (laughs) Um, Morris Dancing has lots of uh, kind of historical parts where we think it might have come from. But the most, I think the most common um, story, I guess they're all stories, um, is that it was a European court dance for royals all over. And it's gone through different kind of periods, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Where um, it's kind of gone onto the streets and it's been danced for the lay people. Or there were buskers that were using it a way of earning money um, and various revivals. But it's traditionally an English folk dance. Yeah, but it can take um, different... Uh, different styles. There's many different styles on the different regions of the of the country as well, such as border Morris. We do Cotswold <coughs> Morris, um, Molly dancing, clog dance, so. carnival, carnival. <laughs> so, what's distinctive about Cotswold Morris? Mostly the fact that we dance with hankies, um, or and we do also do some stick dances as well. But that's and um, traditionally Cotswold Morris, um, you'd associate with the the white. Uh, trousers, shirts, and the baldrics, which are the sashes that go over, and the big jingly bells on the shins and hankies. Anything else? Well, I guess the bells, but I mean, our, our bells are, are the lighter Indian bells, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So we've kind of subverted that slightly. They're not the big chunky bells that they have on the shins with some of the other traditional sides. Um, but yeah, and I think the dancing tends to be more kind of like floaties, Alex, the, the main boss member she calls it like an air dance so it's very much a hang user hankies as an expressive way of bringing air and height height and kind of form and like more not that like border morris isn't dynamic but that's more kind of like more of the presence like stomping isn't it yeah noise and whereas it's it's quite a different aesthetic Mm. i think okay great and so then what how would you describe um boss morris morris dancing (laughs) Probably quite similar to what I've just said. I mean, I, th- I think sometimes people think what we're doing is really radical, and a lot of it is. But actually, at the core of the, the main part of our dance, it's it's still very traditional, and you know we still you know we we work really hard to look back into the history of some of the dances um, that are taken from the Cotswolds specifically, but you know not just locally. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Go. Cool. Well, so so we we are really mindful that we learn through the dances, um, but then I guess with Boss we sometimes put a little twist on them, such as we dance to remixes, remix tunes of the traditional songs, um, and we also tweak some of the movements to sort of suit us and how mm. we work, and we're quite lively um, with some of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um... It, it, it kind of happens quite organic in the way that all folk traditions do you know you, the more you do it and the more it becomes the dances become like a collective kind of vision of our, all our input in the truest like democratic painstaking way <laughs> um you know you start to see you, how it evolves and how it's almost like your brand really but it's it's not conscious I don't think is it no it's just you know we're, we're all sort of tapped in to try and we're always thinking what what makes the dance look like more athletic I guess it's a bit of a reaction I guess against the sort of stereotype of what 
people criticize it for so we're always I think feel like trying to work against that I think <clears throat> so what is it about boss Morris that because you use the word radical that yeah. I think it's radical what about it is considered to be radical or costume I think I think costume and also the fact that we um take take it to audiences that perhaps wouldn't expect it and so such as big festivals that aren't necessarily folk festivals and so and we've worked with a few bands um and made music videos and sort of the Morris stepping or with <coughs> the hankies and so I guess in the fact that we do choreograph to other songs that aren't necessarily just Morris or folk tunes mm. um that's that could be one of the things that could be seen as radical about us I yeah think. I think we're, we're quite open to what we can do and what we can do with Morris I'd, I'd imagine with the more traditional sides although you, there's so many great sides but they very much do their thing I think we've, we've we've come at it with our eyes quite open and like the more wackier and the left field we take it the more interesting it can be and where it can go and what audience gets to see it mm. I think that and I think that's kind of what makes us a bit different and I think we're all a lot of us are quite creative people from art school and that really feeds into the way that we look, how we dance, how, you know, we've got florists, we've got jewellery makers, we've got weavers, we've got illustrators, photographers, you know, there's such an amazing breadth of creative talent within yeah. us all that that really filters out in our performances, I think. Mm. That's great. So who started <coughs> Boss Morris? So that would be Alex Merry, um, and at the start also her sister Kate Merry. So Alex, um, I've known since I was 17, so 25 years, so we go back quite a bit. But she um, spent some time in London uh, about, did it be about 15 years ago now? or maybe That's what she was saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so she started going along to Cecil Sharp House um, to like a drop-in Morris class there, and that's where she started to learn Morris dancing I think she was actually there to learn the accordion or something at the time she was learning to play um, and then she was in the Bells of London City for a good I think seven or eight years or something I don't know exactly how long um, and then she moved back to Stroud her hometown hometown and that's where um, everybody that's where you because I wasn't there for the first few months of boss oh, I was not late. true original <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was a couple of months late starting um, but you were all working together weren't you at the time yeah yeah it was just a group of friends yeah. initially I got the impression that Alex had danced with a couple of the other local sides but really wanted to do something different I think Kate really was instrumental in like just, just let's just set up our own thing and you know they're both very creative and got wacky ideas <laughs> And um, yeah, just kind of took it from there. Yeah, but also I think Alex's interest in it. You know, her dad did Morris dancing, yeah. and and her mum does these amazing kind of medieval illustrations, doesn't she? Mm. So she's she's, you know, it's in her psyche. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, you can see it now. The more we sort of have these kind of conversations, and you kind of discuss what interests you and what gets you into it the more you can kind of see where it feeds from a little bit. So what made you both want to join when you heard about it? I don't really know, curiosity. I knew if Alex was doing it and Kate, that it would be something interesting, just because I knew them well enough to to know that they, their creativity would 
definitely, I don't know, come out in some interesting way. Uh, I, th- I think that was partly it, I guess. Yeah. I didn't really think about it that much, no. I don't think. I was just like, yeah, give it a go, why not? For me, I'd just moved, I'd moved away um, for 15 years from Stroud, and then I was moving back with the family. So for me, it was sort of meeting up with old friends, but a chance to feel, I don't know, to meet new people and to do exercise. And so it really was kind of just that, and then it yeah, went from there, really. And now it's whole another family. <laughs> yeah. So how did you hear about it, if you were working with Alex? And then how did you hear about... Um, I think I had seen... A picture of your first was it the August you'd done something uh, you'd done your first dance out yeah. and I remember seeing pictures we had one then, dance yeah one, <laughs> one dance, dance. <laughs> like, oh wow and so it was purely seeing that and then I was like eh, please 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 can I sign up um, and so that was it yeah just seeing the picture on social media basically yeah. is dance out the term when you go and perform yes. yeah like you have your first dance out yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so it was Stroud being like the base of it. Has Stroud and its culture played any part in Boss Morris? Massively, yeah. I mean, it's kind of in everything we do, really. We mm. um, down to the patterns and designs that we put on our kit, what our kit is made out of, and our celebrations that we do. We we just love the area that we live in so much that we're always on the common. You know, I think especially as. A lot of us grew up in Stroud, and I think as most teenagers, you sort of staring down. It wasn't until I moved back to Stroud that I realised what a truly beautiful place it is to live. And I think we're all conscious of that. And again, like you were saying, through lockdown, it's that kind of connection to where you live. And I think it feeds into the dances that we do. Our musicians, they write music that's connected to, like, Philbert's was written by Rob going for a walk in our local woodland. And then from the music, we then created the dance. You know, it's, a, it's kind of integral to everything. Um, and the people of Stroud I mean I do worry that they're going to start to get a little (laughs) Um, but always so supportive and we'd like to do as many of the local things that we can because yeah because it's Stroud that's it Stroud yeah (laughs) I mean I was was thinking about this the other day actually but I mean I'm not from Stroud I've only lived in Stroud 12 years or something but since doing Boss it's definitely drawn that connection even more so I kind of, you know, like a lot of the time when you end up living somewhere, you don't know why, you know, job's taking you somewhere and you end up settling somewhere. But yeah, I think through doing Boss, I've definitely, I kind of feel more Stroud than I have done from where I actually grew up, just mm. because it aligns more with what I'm interested in. And, you know, I, I, I felt like I could have been born and bred there. <laughs> Although I, I did quite like being slightly outside of it, yeah. in that I don't have to dance in front of my primary school friends. <laughs> Ex-boyfriends. Ex-boyfriends, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how does that familiarity with like the people affect you when you are performing somewhere local that you've kind of it's grown really, up in? It's really nerve-wracking. It's funny, I you know, we've done some pretty big things on pretty big stages now. Um, you know, with thousands of people watching, and I was so much more nervous about dancing in front of a field of a couple of hundred people. Because they know me and I know them and perhaps I haven't spoken to them a while. But, you know, it's that, and I, I, it's, yeah, it, it was, it's, I find that personally far more challenging. <laughs> um, so what's the structure of Boss Morris as a group? Does it have a structure at all or is it more? Chaos. Um, yeah, absolutely chaos. No, it, it, it kind of, 
it's informally become more formalised over time just because, you know, we've got more dancers now, like the schedule's more busy, you know, we have we, we kind of have a small group, an informal sort of small group that kind of deal with the the, the gubbins of boss bits, we call it. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, emails. Boss, yeah, yeah. The boss, boss men um, that kind of take care of the nitty gritty. But otherwise it is just like whoever wants to get involved, you know, we, we're always trying to encourage everyone to get involved with it. But actually we're, because we're, we're only like 11 or 12 dancers, it's not loads for a Morris side, mm. but actually everyone is really committed. Yeah. And I think we've we've really made sure that whoever, whoever ends up coming in to the boss circle <laughs> um, kind of shares those sorts of values. And people give up so much of their time. You know, like, Joseph's got three kids, everyone's got families and... And yet we still end up like having all these amazing like weekends and... I guess for us it is way more than just the dancing. I mean, when you... Oh, completely. It, it's, it's, yeah. And I think that's one thing when we do take on new members, it's it's, it's knowing that it goes, it surpasses being just a, a dance group and a practice yeah. every, you know, there's certain weeks where we are... If things are often thrown on us at a very last minute thing um, and so if we've got something big coming up like right well we need to make a new kit then there was last summer I think we had three weeks to make that or was it less it was two weeks to make a brand new outfit um Josh didn't sleep well I did sleep but all it was a it was a group effort we had um you know it was you and Alex as well yeah you know we were literally working doing our jobs and then coming back and sewing all night and painting <laughs> and losing our minds and you know it's it it's it's that kind of group Mm. Um, feeling it's so much more than just a performance that takes 20 minutes it's yeah. it's the work that goes behind behind the scenes but that's what I love about it and it's just it's just bloody fun yeah it's the whole thing is fun you know we like we take it like super seriously in the fact that we spend a lot of time but we we've, we've been really careful I think that we all share a similar sort of sense of humor about life and things that we don't take us too seriously and I think that really shows through a lot with our dancing is you know that it is fun and it's not loaded with all these like preconceptions of traditions and how it should be and stuff it's this it's this really like light fun thing that draws on influence and past traditions but it's still got this kind of relevance and you know hopefully you know the reason that people come to watch is because they want to be involved and join in they kind of feel a part of it I think I hope yeah most of the time where did the name come from was already boss because I think there was a there was a name before we were St Rowdy's St. which was Chelsea. rubbish yeah. <laughs> um, it took us ages I think Kate Alex's sister suggested boss and it was it's simple kind of reference to like boss lady you know like woman owning it kind of thing and it, it sort of stuck and it it's it's the best thing it works so well visually it works really well it's great to shout mm. And it, it, it does kind of, it's just a really good word that represents like a group of women that are trying to do something a bit different, I think. Until one day Hugo Boss comes yeah. on the door and then we might have yeah, to Yeah, we, we have noticed it's definitely been like, it's definitely also harnessed by like advertising mm. and have Boss Day. We saw the other day, oh my God. Oh, yeah. In Liverpool. Mm. Uh, so how would, how would someone join Boss Morris now? <clears throat> Can someone join Boss Morris now, or is it a bit more? Um, we do. So we we get quite a few people emailing and asking to join, and um, 
It is quite tricky. Recruiting is a is always a bit of a tricky one because obviously this time of year we are, I and mean, we did three dance out last week alone. There's another one this weekend just gone. Another one, you know, it's this time of year. It's our dances has to be down. We have to know the dances in order to dance them out. So usually time to practice is from September, October onwards. Um, and in the past we have sort of done open recruitments where people we've invited people that have shown interest to come along and give it a go and see if they enjoy it however um i think because of the way that our group works 12 is quite a good number for us in order to when we're making kit you know it's that uh, it's and sometimes it's a little bit like herding cats anyway so we don't want too many na- uh, too many members it's practicalities it's practicalities um but we there's um another side in Stroud which is a fairly they're even newer than us in Miserden Morris mm. and um which Alex's amazing. parents dance in. yeah and Alex was um sort of like a founder of that group also mm. and so for people that want to join a Morris dancing side we kind of yeah we're, we're sort of almost like sister of the yeah, yeah, side yeah. so if we can't take on more members we encourage people to get dancing and dance with Miserdin and quite often we dance out together, things like May morning, it was both sides there. So um, there will be a time when perhaps we need to, some more dancers, but at the moment it's... I think because because we have, the people that we do have as well are all really committed. Yeah. You, do, we, you know, we, we rarely find ourselves in a position where we're sure. And I think, especially for Alex, who takes a huge lead on the teaching, like teaching a group bigger than 12 becomes it, 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 you know you, you start to become a really big kind of group I don't know it, it, I think it would it's difficult we're kind of learning as we go along we never really know exactly what we're doing <laughs> it's better it's totally organic but I, yeah I think at the minute it would I don't know yeah like you say with costumes and things everything becomes this bigger undertaking and bigger responsibility almost I don't know mm. It's, it's, it's hard getting it right because you know, we, we do still have day jobs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that we just about make time for. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's always a constant kind of conversation, isn't it? The answer is we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I just said the term side as well. Is that what you call your... That's the preferred term then for Boss Morris is a Morris side. Yeah, and that's... is a side. Yeah. So yeah. side and dance out. Are there any other terms that are kind of... Uh, Morris dancing yeah I guess so and especially within dances themselves um well I mean Alex is we were just talking in the car Alex is really great at making out analogies for the dance moves just as a way of kind of making it more accessible when you're like mm-hmm. trying to uh, things like all up at the end of all the dance up. I guess yeah, we get time, to use it this time that yeah. means you're going to start now or when the all up is when it's next that's when you're going to finish those are the yeah um, and then you know the Alex is like teaching the hanky waggles you know there's like sometimes they go inwards and it's like the helicopter oh no the other way is the helicopter one isn't it yeah, and then when it goes inwards it's the slap over one because the hankies are going like that <laughs> so she's got all these really great analogies that when she's doing the workshops it, it you know gets a laugh it kind of you know helps you remember it and opening up your dressing gown open up your dressing gown that one's good yeah when you flip the hankies out that one always makes everyone laugh but things like that I always feel a really good way but of... I guess they're not traditional no I'm just trying to but think they of could them. be but they could be I mean they're yeah. both tradition but um, then you know like that some some of them a lot of them don't actually have words do they so much of it is oral or visual we was talking about so we did the radio thing the other week with a producer 
and and he was really into Morris and you know knew way more about Morris history than I did but actually when it comes to like verbalizing what you're doing and what it is it's, it's harder because you know you know this is obviously not good for radio <laughs> but you know you know that when you're doing that but like it doesn't have a name so what you know yeah. and, and some parts do have names like Galley and galleys where it's like you're hopping on one foot and you're spinning the bottom half your leg round, which but Alex calls cleaning the toilet bowl with your with your, your heel. Your heel, yeah. <laughs> um, you're way more likely to remember that than a galley. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we sort of kind of end up with our own weird little like, language <laughs> that I find really funny. Yeah. <laughs> but also, there's some terms that have become outdated, like. The, we have a, a, a move where you go past your partner when you're doing a set dance called half jip and obviously there's connotations of jip not being great so we've just changed it so it's half cut or half chip <laughs> half chip it, we're still trying to get ahead around it but you know there's there's things like that where terminology has moved on a bit and we recognize that and you know that's a great way to change it up and make up a new expression that kind of um moves it on a bit so mentioning day jobs, how much time roughly does being part of Boss take up in your day-to-day life? This time of year, a lot. Um, I mean, we we dance every Tuesday. The practice is a Tuesday, and that's an evening. But then every weekend in May, that's a Saturday and Sunday, or sometimes it's a weekender. So that's kind of just performance and practice. Um, but the the admin side of things I mean it's difficult and and depending on how busy someone is we try to split the load and if there's say festival seasons about to happen so we'll each take on the organization for a festival but it's difficult to put it into hours as such because and you know some things take such a long time and you know we all sort of try and chip away at bits um it definitely feels like more more than just a hobby yes that, uh, that's how I was. Yes, that's because you take on everything. <laughs> yeah, but I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's. But yeah, I guess if you ask the others, it might be a bit different. But then you know, like we we all go through periods where someone's having a tough time and they withdraw a bit and do what they need to do, and then other people get involved. It you know, it's, it pure it is totally collaborative in that sort yeah. of sense, and you know, someone has to duck out. Because it's an emergency, it's, it's no biggie, you know. It's only Morris dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so could you just talk us quickly through like the timeline of Boss Morris? So like when did it when was it actually founded? How has it changed and developed? Any kind of key moments in the side's history? So twenty fifteen was its it's when it started. Mm. Um and then fairly early on, a year in. Um, we did a tour. Uh, we were invited onto the Shirley Collins. Tour. Oh yeah, that was a big thing, wasn't so it? So that was a big thing, and that was I yeah, know I've only been doing that. it less than six months. Yeah. Um, and that was a big performance. You know, there was Barbican and the mm-hmm. Liverpool Philharmonic Centre, and where else? There was we went around, and that I guess from that a little bit of exposure into yeah the folk world. The folk world. Um, sort of turned into a blur in my head and then well, I feel like we got a, a year and a bit in and then inevitably you know like with any kind of group that sets up you, you get a few people that move on and do other things and there was a point where we weren't sure if it was going to carry on or not yeah and we sort of had a meeting between a few of us and one person was 
not quite sure if it was going to work. And I was like, we're like, no, come on, <laughs> come on. So we did a big recruit then, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we were down to four people. Yeah, that was the, the, se- the second wave. Yeah. So we have waves of intake. <laughs> um, I do remember that conversation. I do. In cof- yeah. Coffee number one. In, in the coffee shop. Um, we're like, no, come on, come on. And then I think since then, there's never been any moment that it's gone. Yeah. But I guess it's, yeah, there's been a few, like we did Glastonbury in 2019, where we had this very weird last minute kind of cameo thing we did on uh, hot, on Hot Chip, with Hot Chip, on the other stage. In Park Stage. Is it? Park. Park Stage, yeah. or <laughs> headline Park Stage. Yeah. Um, that was just like, what are we doing? <laughs> that was a bit mad. Um, it's been very gradual, really, I think. Um, and you know, and then something random, you know, we think we've kind of topped it and then some other opportunity will come up that's like just random again. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like doing stuff here at Compton Verney is a really interesting kind of segue into being involved with like the art world a bit more and museum and heritage, which ties in really well with kind of folk collection. Um, I guess because we are a bit left left field, we do we kind of are attracting different sort of mm. parts of culture industry in terms of like academic kind of approach or folky or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and then I guess we did the Brits in February, and that's <laughs> that's just kind of gone extra extra mad. Um, and now we're like just trying to trying to keep, keep up with the emails. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if that's a good yeah. rundown. What was the side's reaction to being invited to the Brits? How did that come about? It came about just on an email landed one afternoon. Um, it's a Shirley Collins connection because she's on the same label, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, the Topic Records um, and also Hot Chip. So it was two people who would previously... And so somebody at the record label had remembered us... Um, and just asked, would we like to do it? And we, with these things, I mean, over the years, things have come up and we've gone, that'd be great, that'd be great. Probably not going to happen. Don't get too excited. And so we've always got this like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be great, but don't till get we're this. On stage. Until, until, until you're doing it, you're not doing it. You know, it's, yeah. we've always got that, you know, lots of things come up like that. And um, and then suddenly it was started, we were talking budgets. And it, <laughs> it really did start to happen. And but it was only three and a half weeks yeah. between the first email and dancing. Yeah, and so, a week of that was down in London, yeah, rehearsing with the band yeah. on the stage, and so really there'd been two weeks in which to get the costume sorted. Yeah, the and, budget. Uh, the poor Lily and the budget. <laughs> we'll call that Lily and the budget. Um, of trying to get you know twelve people staying in London. Mm. Well, it was um, sixteen. Sixteen. Sorry, yeah, yeah sixteen. Had, beasts. beasts as well. Yeah, he's got some friends in, and then choreography, chore- choreographing the dance. Um, it felt like a lot yeah but it was a tremendous amount of fun um, yeah. and I think we were all pushed well and truly out of our comfort zone <laughs> <laughs> so far out of it yeah over the other side so what's the um, process of choreographing a dance at Boss like how many do you have kind of in your repertoire and then how often do you come up with new ones so 
Alex, love her, she absolutely loves a spreadsheet and there's <laughs> nothing that she won't fit into an Excel sheet to the, the point procrastination where... Procrastination spreadsheet. Yeah, so, um, so she did, we have actually got a list somewhere of all of our sort of current dances, yeah. ones that we've, and I think there's about eight that we've got that are sort of, we go, we run through, um, and then there's about four or five that we've perhaps learnt certain part element of it we're not that keen on doesn't quite work and we've shelved temporarily some we've done so many times we're absolutely sick to the back teeth of but we were talking on Tuesday about going back to them perhaps changing them again a little bit perhaps put it to different yeah different tune to it so if it will work so that we can bring it back into circulation and so I'd say there's probably I think there's like 12 which I don't think is that many for a dance side but then there's also ones that we've done for performances like we did here last Friday. Yeah, that was especially um, choreographed. That was especially exactly, and yeah. whether we'll we we'll probably won't dance that one again. So there's and there's been others like that that we've done, mm. um, sort of depending on. And then remix wise, I think we've got about four or five dances that we do to songs that have been remixed um, mm. into it's almost like club, you know, that we've danced out in clubs and and stuff like that, which usually comes down to if we haven't got a musician for a potential gig or the, um, it suits the or it event, suits the event. Or they are specifically for them when they yeah. say what, what we can do <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's not it's not like right we need formal dances this year but we do make a conscious effort over the winter to try and pick up some new ones and keep it fresh and, and also yeah we've tried to get um there's um <clears throat> A lady called Laurel Swift, who um, has Morris danced her entire life. Um, she's won she's the, the queen. She's the queen of Morris. Queen of Morris. She's just moved to America, but um, she's a friend of Boston, so she comes down occasionally, and she'll do like a day workshop with us, where we've perhaps got a tune, and she will help us come up with some ideas. Because although we are good at coming up with dances ourselves, there's a, it's sometimes good to get a fresh pair of eyes. So she doesn't dance with us all the time. So she'll say, "Oh, how about doing this?" and She's been really helpful in coming yeah. up with dances. Um, we can just pick them up like that because they kind of borrow things from other dance. You know, like yeah. any great tradition, it kind of borrows lots of different things. And um, you know, we've got our amazing musicians Miranda Rutter, um, Rob Harbon, and Sam Sweeney that um, have written their own tunes simultaneously whilst we've been learning the dance. So it's becoming. It's great. It feels like it's becoming more and more like original to Boss and the people that are involved in it. Mm. Um, yeah, I really, I really like that. You know, kind of building your own story in it. Yeah, that must be really amazing dancing to original pieces yeah. of music. Yeah, and <laughs> introducing that and saying this, you know, he's wearing the donkey head. I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is written by our very own donkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know, you give the blurb like it's about the hazel sticks that we're using, and this is a type of hazel and. So I'd love to do more of that kind of stuff because our musicians are so amazingly talented and amazing professional folk musicians in their own right that I can't quite believe that they could do all these gigs for us half the time. So, yeah, yeah, it's a really amazing kind of like melting pot. So you've talked a bit about some of your performances, but generally what type of events and places do you perform in? Well, there's no limit really at this stage I was thinking what is there next that we can do um, because we've uh, last summer we um, it's about to be aired soon I think but we were invited to dance on um, a comedy that's coming to Channel 4 um, with someone who's a we're big fans of there's a comedian called Bridget Christie who's written 
um, this series is about to come out. And so that was a big chunk of last summer. Yeah, was, that um, was the costumes and two weeks jobbing. Wasn't yeah, it? so it, um, and it was also the whole thing like an eel festival. So um, we had to make these outfits mm. that resemble girls. Anyway, so there's so we've done sort of things for TV. We've done music videos. We've done lots of festivals. We've also done lots of street markets, village yeah. fairs. This it's it's everything you'd expect and more. I yeah. Think. But that I don't I don't think we have like a bread and butter, do we? No. I tell you what, there is something that I'd love to do, which hopefully at some point we would do is more international to perhaps go somewhere. Um and the end game. Like that I feel like would be the next thing that I would like to do. But whether yeah. we can get ourselves organized. Yeah. Um we've definitely started doing a lot more workshops this year, I've noticed. Mm. Which I think is really great because it's I, I feel like we're really kind of you know we sort of found ourselves with this platform not not necessarily intentionally but you know I think we're really feeling the responsibility of like having to push Morris out there and get people doing it um, and trying to look into ways of attracting more diverse audience for it and um, people to connect with it that aren't just your kind of stereotypical white rural audience or whatever so I've noticed we've definitely done a few more of that and I think we're we're if things like that come up more often, we're definitely trying to beeline for that a bit more, which I think is really important. Yeah. You know, considering we're just who we are in Stroud in a very white area, but it's really important to, you know, because that's what we want Morris to be. We want it to be a, a more attractive kind of folk dance that includes everyone. And it's got a long way to go, but I think, you know, we're perfectly placed to kind of try and do that. So I, I'm hoping more workshops and things. Well, that's more work for Alex because she she takes them all. But it's um yeah we've done a few this year. Have been really brilliant. Yeah. Like really heartwarming. Yeah. Um, in Liverpool we did a great one with this dance charity called Movema or Movema. I can't remember. But they they celebrate diversity through dance, and we just had this amazing like sellout workshop where it's completely diverse. A group of people and they had Indian dancers didn't they and dancers from different backgrounds different like global kind of folk dance um and that was just, that was just really encouraging yeah and that's had, great yeah had a really good time that's great so how do you um come to dance at different events like especially ones that are sort of as far away as Liverpool they they find us yeah. I think social media has a big part in that yeah um, we're quite well. I say we. <laughs> so we've never actually sought ever actually sought out anything, have we? Help, have we? I don't well, think... we we talk, we made we got ourselves into Glastonbury. Well, Rhea got us into Glastonbury, but most yeah. we've we've been so lucky. We've not yeah. really had to like find anything. Everything everything's all these opportunities seem to come to us, and it's how we decide to respond to them. Mm. Um. Yeah, I, I think because at the beginning we were never, we were just doing it. We weren't, we weren't trying to be anything or going, you know, it wasn't ever a conscious thing to push. It was just a collective group of people doing something that's fun and feels interesting. But we just did whatever came our way. And now we're sort of in this position where we're finding all these amazing opportunities are coming to us. And um, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with all those new opportunities, have you noticed that there's been any kind of change in sort of the perception or expectations of Morris dancing or kind of 
folk dance more generally? Um, I don't think so. I was a bit worried about what the people at Ramwick Wop were going to think on Saturday when like, well, the last time they saw us was on stage. And then, I don't know, it felt like I worried that people... What, like imposter syndrome? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I know, but, I, I did get that sometimes. Um, you know, it's like, for them, my fear always is they're watching us, oh, is that it? But then yeah, maybe, yeah. like I say, that's, that's just imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It's it's interesting, you know, you sort of see comments perhaps on some of the, uh, the uh, Morris dancing forums and stuff and... Uh, you know, we've got to remember that there's a really exciting dance going on all over the country, up and down, and so many different styles of Morris dancing that, you know, we try to get out and see as much as we can and learn, you know, and so it's... I don't know what I'm trying to say, sorry. <laughs> I, think, I think sometimes, yeah, when, when, you know, we're doing things that are slightly more high profile, we do feel the pressure a bit that there's this expectation to live up to these amazing bits of footage you see on our Instagram yeah and or, or also some of the people you know like that if we are doing traditional dance that you know we're, our yeah, lines, yeah, yeah. Our lines we're are do... straight and we're doing it to the best of our ability those yeah. things do matter to us yeah it's, yeah yeah hugely... you know we're still playing paying homage to the mm. to the dance itself but then I think we were always quite good at kind of reminding ourselves like they're booking us because we're us and what we're doing is clearly of interest to them so it's you kind of have to it is. It's just imposter syndrome, I think. Where, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, then we we do our thing and get great feedback, and it's all fine. <laughs> do you collaborate or like form much with other Morris sides? Obviously, you've mentioned Miserden, but is that something that you do kind of frequently? Yep, we've got. Um, we get. I think we've got Sticks of Stroud, which is another local side. It's their tenth birthday coming up next month, and so. I think we're going to dance out with them. Border um, Morris side. They're right? a Border Morris side. So we, we, yeah, we try to. I mean, it feels like after the last few years, obviously, when after COVID, lots of things sort of didn't happen, like the big one in Stroud that doesn't, that, mm. um, or so. Um, I think we could do more. I mean, the the reality is, is that we, we, we only have limited slots for the year that we can actually dance. You know, and we've we've learned in the past we've we've taken on loads and people do get a bit burnt out, like mm. everyone's moaning about their knees already and it's only May. Um uh, so yeah, we have to be a little bit careful about how much we commit to because we're obviously in this really fortunate position where we can could probably do it every weekend or more if we wanted to. Yeah. But um, you know, people still can't work and see their kids. Um so we're not fully pro yet. <laughs> How did um, COVID affect Boss Morris? It's kind of just because we've mentioned it a few yeah. times. Um, Massively. Yeah, huge. I mean, we just couldn't get together. We we did every we practiced every Tuesday. So every Tuesday we'd do like a group a video call. Um, and main morning was we all set up our zoom chat on may morning we went into our gardens at half four in the morning and sang the next best thing yeah or terribly out of time yeah. oh, never yeah. want to hear that back um, um but then once restrictions started lifting and we were able to go into groups of six we did like sort so of weird. go up onto the local common 
It um, took us outside, actually. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, we practiced outside when we were able to practice again. Yeah. We, we never did go that before. inside. Yeah, there's, um, well, you know, it being from Australia in Stratford Park outside, it's a lovely manor house there that's the local museum. She used to be my nursery when I was five <laughs> or four. But, um, but we just, there's like a little forecourt and we, we practiced there um, in the evenings uh, on Tuesdays. And then, well, yeah, we just. And then by, when the restrictions lifted even more, our local pub was really nice. They didn't open on a Tuesday, so they'd let us each sit at our own individual table, <laughs> all spaced out, where we then took on sewing projects. We started working on a kit. Um, we got like a sun and moon kit, so we'd all sit there and do embroidery whilst our musicians were at the other end and they'd all practice playing. So it was so we when we could, we could do, like we, yeah, else. yeah, exactly. Yeah. We did what we could do, but we still. Alex mm. did amazing to keep it going. Actually, yeah, she she's the one that kept social media going. And yeah, but it was a limited output that we could do. Yeah, it was weird. Like it was just like, oh, we got six spots of practice. Or you went last week. Do you want to come? Yeah, you know, was it. we had yeah. to. Yeah, we had to take it in turns. So you could go to practice. Yeah. So weird. And Alex did some little tutorials in her in her yes. garden. So she would then put she would like do like exercise videos, and then so we could practice at home if we wanted to. Mm. And that was nice because my daughter would join in with me, so I'd do it as a computer at home, and mm. Mary would join in. Yeah. Um. So what was the first costume that you wore as part of Boss Morris? Well, I wasn't there for the ultimate first first. The red dress. The red one. Yeah. I don't know if that one really counts. Okay. But you did have the pom-poms. Yeah, I made the pom-pom headdresses. It was a bit more basic back then. Yeah. Um, we had these not very nice red dresses. And we did have good face paint. We had a whole white face. Uh, I mean, it was like a full-on... <laughs> I think we had green eyes or something. But the first proper costume's the gold one, like the exhibition. Yeah, that's the first one that we kind of tailor-made. Yeah, that was... The first full boss yeah. outfit. And that was nights of us coming around my house, and we were, I just remember being like a factory cutting out the pattern pieces. Yeah, and writing one's name in the back. Yeah, taping it onto a piece of cardboard, mm. and then one person would do the painting. Dobbing the diamond tape. The diamond and then I sewed them all together, and yeah, and then we wore them for the first time and realised that you couldn't wash them, and it was sweaty, <laughs> sweaty lame. Sweaty pleather. forevermore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's the one costume everyone always refers to, and it was the one we thought should probably go in the exhibition. And I think also that one kind of set a precedent for. Um, so we usually wear like a long sock with our bells up at the top and and, a, mm. and shorts, and that that one also kind of set yeah, that in motion that, for other kits that came yeah, after that's, that. That's kind of stayed, hasn't it? Yeah, there's elements of that yeah. that have carried on. Yeah, the shorts was definitely like a. I guess I just didn't want to wear like a pretty dress. Yeah. Having boxer shorts, I sort of came out with boss, like a bit of an attitude. <laughs> I don't know, you know, they look good on everyone. So, for, just for the sake of the recording, could you describe the gold outfit? So, it was made out of a kind of gold pleather, um, and then there are some mid length sort of well, mid thigh short with um, a stretchy yeah like a boxing short like a bo- yeah fit yes with um, a red jersey waistband yeah and then a matching tank top mm. um, that we then I think there's a bright fluorescent yellow ribbon on mm. the back sort of in geometric shapes we've then painted on with paints and pens 
the boss um, eye on the front and then there's squares of red that go around the neckline and the squares of red um represent so in stroud obviously as you know because you went to school opposite the mill but is known for the red cloth that was made um soldiers uniform, the soldiers right? uniforms um and they used to peg it out on the hills to dry and so those sort of squares of red is to represent the red squares of cloth um and then it has got boss written across the back oh, in really? fabric sharpies. Yeah. So we've used the boss eye quite a lot in um, uh, as a like a symbol um, in our costumes because it goes really well in the O, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's um, yeah. And then that some of them had then we used to like pin ribbons down the side. That was with the blue. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Still um, boss boss eye colour. Yeah. And then quite often. What um, was the headband? Headband. Oh, it was, it was we, the floral one. It was the either the floral garland or the yeah, um, yeah. The Which was a, I I did like a bit of a piss poor Ukrainian kind of take on you know they have those big floral headbands with the ribbons that come down here. It was like a just a it was just like the first shot at having a go at costume because I thought it'd be fun. Yeah, um, in the boss in its primitive form. <laughs> was there kind of a hope for? that design like it was was it designed to sort of portray a certain sort of vibe or anything or not really it was definitely supposed to be like bling yeah because we were sort of shiny gold we're like oh yes and that nod back to like the very early morris you know that kind of show gold and glitzy spangliness yeah um as it would have been in the european courts yeah um, but yeah, it's just, it's very much organic again. I keep and it really was as simple as going into the local tiny little fabric shop in Stroud, so-and-so, and going, whoa, that's yeah. nice. And, and it literally, that was, I like that one. And yeah. then that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Job done. And we've been trying to replicate it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we did find the gold again, and we've reused that fabric again with the offcuts. Yeah. Um, and we've made accessories for our belts that sit below our uh, knees like a baldrick like a rosette type frill that sits yeah. underneath so it all, it all kind of feeds back in and then we reuse stuff and one goes out of circulation and you know they've got another old kit out last week yeah and introduced that with a new one <laughs> so is every cost is every time you make a costume is that very much a, a whole side effort yeah it drives me insane <laughs> um because Quite often, someone will have an idea and you'll put it forward to the group and they'll go, oh, no, no, oh, don't, don't think so. And so it, it's that group decision and um, as a group of women that very much represent, you know, very different body types and with some of us are tall, some of us yeah, are short. Yeah, it's a nightmare. You know, it's, it's, it's trying to keep that happiness and people don't want to share their arms, other people. That, you know, so it's, it's also first and foremost it has to be practical for dancing in because you know we're throwing ourselves around on stage and yeah they need to be washable yeah. not too close to the arm you know it's there's lots of um things but saying that we always find a way of getting around it and make sure everybody's happy and quite often it just pushes us to be more um experimental and it's yeah it's the bit that particularly Lily and I like, don't we? We're always like, oh, I've just had another yeah. idea for a new boss kit. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to take a million years. Let's yes. start now. <laughs> yeah. It's a real outlet for your, your own creativity because, you know, it's not like this precious thing. You can kind of go a bit 
nuts and be a bit silly with it you know we, we end up looking quite silly a lot of the time but there's always it's like fun. a <laughs> there's always like a a feeling of never wanting to be too pretty I think yeah. that's always like a yeah a, a worry we've sort of done that so we kind of go through phases yeah we've done the kind of floral sort of although the white dresses are quite springy but then we kind of went all more sort of pagany with the solstice they've got black dresses they've got these really nice embroidered suns and everyone's got a different phase of the moon on their back but they've embroidered themselves so they're all slightly individual mm. um yeah i don't know what phase we're in at the minute snaky face snaky face <laughs> snaky face <laughs> and then it's decided the color palette you know yeah. people don't like pink or <laughs> it's coral <laughs> Do you each have a favourite costume? Hmm. It tends to, usually it's the most current one I yeah. like. Yeah. I do really like the snaky ones, which is like a coral shorts and kind of loose smock top that Josie made from scratch, both yeah. of them, all 12 sets. Yeah. And they're yeah, dyed coral and they've got like a snake pattern on it and uh, the gold lame pleatherette sewed down the back saying boss. Yeah. And it's got nice ribbons that kind of it's funny because looking in the exhibition as well, the, the sort of ruffled ribbons that we've put mm. was we kind of did that, and then it's seeing the kits that are in the exhibition that have got those snaky patterns mm. down the front, and I absolutely adore those. It's almost and like a raggy coat reference, isn't it? You know, mm. you get all the kind of tatty yeah. fabrics. So, could you tell us a bit about the makeup that you wear when you're performing? It's interesting the makeup because usually the actual in when we do our makeup it's usually decided precisely three minutes before we dance and someone goes what makeup shall we do and so oh, I know I just and they, literally we we tend to all grab a brush and a color and dab at each other's faces until a look comes together and it's never really thought of more than that it's we've one day we'll turn up to a gig with I don't idea. think it would, do you know what I was thinking about this? I don't think it would work I think part of the charm of it is that it you know, because like when you see most people that are dancing with makeup on, it's very, you know, it's very like contoured and exacting and, you know, it must take them hours because we don't have that sort of privilege to do 12 people's faces exact, you know, like really like theatrical makeup it ends up being more, it's almost more like war paint, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, sort of like, you know, kind of unites us as a bit of a tribe and it definitely gives a lot of people that certain confidence to kind of I think that's it I think when we think of the reason why we're wearing makeup and I think that I would find it really difficult to dance without the makeup on. I don't think we ever have I don't think I'd have once uh. and it was terrible <laughs> um, it's, it's that kind of like you say it's being part of the gang and having that I can never say the word help me anonymity that's the one um and look at you know it's quite often when we look at photos it's like you I can barely tell, tell us apart yeah. sometimes like, what was that? oh no that's not me that's you know it, and it's I think that's why we wear the makeup um, well and it's really. it's also another extension of the like flamboyance of your costume and yeah. it's another thing you can kind of go to you know we've blacked our teeth out before <laughs> and you know the black the, the mono brow is always quite a good I always quite like that slight it's always you know it's not pretty and it's a bit of an empowering kind of like it mm. kind of looks everyone look a bit kind of 
mean kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it literally is just like daubing it on someone's face. Yeah, it's literally two or three people going around with brushes and yeah. someone's doing their shoes. Well, look up for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. done. And that's yeah. it. That's It's not glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe the, there's something in the spontaneity of kind of doing that that makes it really fresh. Yeah. And I think it's like laboured kind of like makeup artist kind of. And, and as soon as we dance, we know it's going to be dripping down here anyway. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could you talk through then, so when you're getting ready to to dance out, starting with kind of how do you sort of start the process of getting ready and then how do you sort of feel with each step of that process? Um, again, a lot of it depends if it's a local hop, then um, we'll get our kit on at home and we'll get together half an hour before and splodge makeup on and do a quick run through of what dances we're going to do um, and make sure everybody knows what positions they're going to be in. But if it's one where we're away from home, then it's, yeah. Nine times out of 10, we're usually getting ready together from scratch. Yeah. We're, I'm just thinking about it like more academically. <laughs> And Are it we? will be, yeah. oh no, I thought we were wearing tights. Oh no, we're not wearing tights. Yeah. I haven't Where's got my tights. belt. <laughs> Who's got my other belt? Oh, I've only, I've got one short sock. Yeah. One long sock. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's mayhem. I guess it, if you, if you're thinking about it more intellectually, it, it is that, like that process, isn't it? Of like, you know, you could hear the jingle of the bells, everyone getting out of their bag. Yeah. Um, and everyone's like, tie them on and you know it's like right crap makeup we've got to do the makeup like oh, what we're we dancing you know depending on what it is obviously you know, sometimes it's a real bum rush <laughs> to, to get ready in time there's been some close shaves yeah um, but there's I guess you we always put you always put your clothes on first bell tend to go on last because they're annoying yeah and they hurt and so we always put them on too tight because you don't want them to fall off and headdresses, we often have to tie each other's headdresses yeah. on. You know, it's, it's, it is a ritual. Yeah. And it's funny because we all just like, oh, can you do me up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it is, I guess we... Yeah, and also it's, it's, I've noticed whenever we have someone like documenting us or like photographing us, they, they always want to photograph us, like especially putting the makeup on. I've, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, I'm always yeah. really interested putting makeup. I don't know what it is, something quite intimate about it. I don't know. It's, I guess, and it's the like final touch. So like once your makeup's on, you're yeah, ready to go. Mm. Um, yeah. How do you feel when you're performing? It's the nerves come beforehand. Like before, say for instance, just plucking out when we were doing when we were here last Friday and we were dancing and there's that kind of moment when you're waiting and you know you're about to be on and that's when I get a rush of like oh I'm gonna forget everything you know there's that little moment but then as soon as the music starts and you're doing it it's just nothing else but fun you know it's pure exhilaration um and I think I come at it from a very I've never been a performer I've never liked being in the limelight I've never been someone who's ever sought that out in my life um and if it was me doing it as me there's no chance I'd do it if you told me to get up in front of those people and, and you know, there's no way I'd do it. But I think because of being part of uh, a group and having this kit on that unites me with another, you know, and the moves, it's it's almost, oh God, it's going to sound really cheesy. It's like an out-of-body experience of like, it just, your body takes over, it's muscle memory and you're doing it and you can't help but smile when you do it. It's, for me, anyway. Mm. 
Yeah, a lot of the boss girls say it's quite a tribal thing. Mm. Like, and when Alex is like teaching the set dancers in particular, where you're you're like six or eight, you you know you're moving in lines a lot, or you know you're very much aware of where other people are in the set. And I think what's really great about our style of dancing is that we're quite dynamic in our shapes that we form. So it's not so much stepping a lot of what we do, but we we're really good at kind of making shapes and transforming groups. And you, I think when something is perfect, when you're like dancing, like we've, we're learning a new one where we've got two, two circles, a smaller circle and an outer circle, and they kind of inter, they go in and then we, you know, there's all these different sort of dynamic movements. It's really satisfying when we get it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it, there is something very togetherness about it, isn't it? It just, you know, it wouldn't work on its own. It, it, you're nothing on your own you're nothing yeah. without the musician you're nothing without the other eight six seven people whatever. unless you're doing a solo jig. unless you're doing a jig but then the <laughs> jig's a completely different thing yeah and you're very much in your you know it is more steps with a jig which is like a solo dance um and it's very much you and the musician like quite intense isn't it <clears throat> but uh, yeah you can't help but smile. Yeah. But when we on the Brits, we had half the dance where we were supposed to be quite po-faced. And it was really affecting our dancing. We were really struggling because, you know, mm. so much of our normal dancing is about uh, it being really, you know, if you're smiling, enjoying yourself, then other people are going to too. So for like the first like, minute and a half, we're just... Yeah, we weren't allowed to smile. We weren't really allowed to smile. It was really odd. Mm. It, you could almost like feel it through your whole body. Like yeah. everything felt more like stunted. Mm. And then the minute we can smile, it's like break out. It's <laughs> like wag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you found sort of that different costumes have kind of elicited a different feeling when you're dancing? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, we definitely tend to choose costumes based on what we're dancing for. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of if I feel like I'd be, if I dance differently wearing different kits. But like, if you were wearing that white dress for like winter solstice, for example, you might feel a bit weird, just because we've tended to up for the, yeah. you know, our black sol- our summer sol- the summer solstice dress, which has got black, you know, just obvious kind of association. I mean, I guess that yeah, like you say, there's reasons why we would choose to wear a different kit for a different event. But that's partly because how we feel wearing yeah, it. Exactly. So the white dresses have felt like they were quite a good fit for May morning. Um, and bright airy exactly whereas I guess when we wear the gold kit it is more like and we used to have well there was one that we called oh hideous actually it was that we called it the Shirley gold which was when we did the oh, Shirley Collins the onesie and it was, it was a um, bit short it was a gold all in one long sleeved yeah. I mean it uh, yeah the least we say about that one the better it did look good though it did look good um, but we definitely danced Differently yeah. in that than we would say Restrain. the white dress. Yes, yeah. You yeah. didn't want to lift your arms up too high at the end because it because it's up short. quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so. I don't know how conscious it is, but I I def- I think it does. I I don't know how to articulate it. Yeah, not sure. Yeah, it's not something we've ever really thought of. Really. No. I mean, one might make it more sweaty. I mean, we did, yeah. We did that uh, wassail when we tried to do it in red tracksuits. 
and it just didn't work. And and the reason why we tend to keep things short, I guess, because what we realised from wearing those is that the a lot of our dance is by looking at the leg and it's the leg work that we do. And when we wore um, jogging bottoms, it was all completely lost. Yeah. You know, you, you didn't see any of the sort of yeah. thinness, any of the nuances that make Cotswold Morris, Cotswold Morris, yeah. you lost. And so... You're definitely aware of that when we're designing them. Yeah, so after that, we're like, oh yeah, no, that doesn't work. And so they, mm. they turned the into pyjamas sort of for us. Or... We've got... The clocks work, don't they? Because, well, they're long trousers, sort of, you know. Yeah, because like you can still height. see ankles and Yeah, and they, they hang loose, don't they? I, yeah. I don't know. They, I guess because they come up high around the waist and we have a short T-shirt, you've still got shape. Hmm. Um, like they, they almost feel like an extension of your hanky, those trousers. Yeah. you kind of got movement. We've definitely learned. Whereas like a jogger bottom just it doesn't do anything. It just makes you look like... Jelly baby, or something for the Christmas thing. Yeah. Where are the costumes kept? <laughs> well, for ages we were trying to be really organised, and we kept them all. Um, we had a sort of hired a storage cupboard, and we made an inventory list of what was in there, and and have it. But then we realised that it just doesn't work when our turnover of events is so quick. We're swapping and around, and we're swapping around, and if someone. And there was a time when we'd only made 10 costumes but had 12 dancers. And so we always had to borrow. We don't dancers for each event. So, generally speaking, now everyone's responsible for their own kit. Um, which comes with its own. Which <laughs> does, because some people are better at keeping hold of things and not losing them. Um, or we, we did have a load of these headdresses that I'd made and then we just We're don't know where they are. Stuff. We think we must have left them at Sidmouth Festival. What words? The veils? Veils, they're gone. No, they're somewhere. Well. Um, they're definitely somewhere. I've seen them since then. But, um, so the answer is we used to keep them all together. Now we look after them ourselves and we lose them. Yeah, <laughs> it is a nightmare. Yeah. There's always at least one person before every gig who's just like, I can't find my bells. But we can't think of a better way. And then two minutes like, oh, I've got them, sorry. Yeah. Or everyone's convinced they've lost it, but then they realise they've got it. That happens all the time. Could you tell us a bit about the beasts? Yeah, so um, Morris dancers uh, quite often have like a like a beast, we call it. It's like a mascot. Um, traditionally, I guess it would have been um, like a hobby horse or uh, um, other things. Um, Alex made the first wave of our beast, so um, I guess the first one would have been... Eugenie? Yeah, Eugenie. It's so a sheep. Yeah. Obviously. Um, Cotswold lion, sheep. Um, and for us, it's great. They've kind of grown as a thing on their own, sort of like a little menagerie of um, beasts that come along. And then since Alex making them, a couple of the other members of Boss have made one. Um, Maddie McLeod has made Hootie, we call her, and she's a lovely big owl. She's very popular. She's very popular. She was at the Brit. She had a great time. Yeah, she? beautiful. Um, and so, again, it's like a really nice way for people to get involved creatively. You know, creatively, and also for us, it's nice to have um, friends of ours to come along and and beast for us. And the children seem to really mm. love having the beast. And our musicians really enjoy wearing the smaller. Um, they're just beast heads on a on a like a builder's hard hat type thing, and um, I think they enjoy having. They that. like the anonymity. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I was a bit paranoid <laughs> for a while that they didn't want to be seen playing with <laughs> us, but um, I. I don't I, think that. I, I don't think it. It's not. It's, I know that isn't true. Yeah. Um, but um, 
yeah, the process of making them is really fun. Um, we're always open to expanding and having new new beasts. Come yeah, Alex us. is convinced that the first wave they they've been around the world, haven't they? Like, they have. They've yeah. really you know have to do repair jobs on them quite a lot. Um, but they they also like bring this extra element, I think, to our performance. It kind of makes us bigger than we are. Um, you know, they photograph amazingly. Um, yeah, it's just like this added kind of presence that we have in addition to our musicians and and little old us. You know, you've got these big like leering and kids are like kind of looking through one foot, you know, scared but curious at the same time. And it works great with like kids workshops and you know we've padded out some of our performances with the beasts um, as a way of kind of making them a bit more interactive that can be really fun yeah um, you know the middle of the dance or whatever um, or parading around when we're doing pr processions and things like that good for an injured Morris dancer as well yeah <laughs> so are the beast the beast costumes are they made sort of by boss Morris yes yeah, yeah. Okay. we did have to borrow one or two for when we needed yeah. We had borrowed um, several great a friend of bosses, um, Stephen Rowley, um, who was the, the initial tutor actually. Yeah, he mentioning. makes an amazing beast. So we've um, we have borrowed Coppin. Yeah, Coppin yeah. and Mary Lloyd. Yeah, or is that Alex's? That's Alex's. Oh. Um, but mostly they're made by boss. Yeah, and what's Coppin? Um, a hobby horse. A hobby. Sorry, okay. to say it like everyone should know. <laughs> Copping was at the Brits, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. Um, so how do you feel about, sort of, I mean, we've sort of touched on this already, but the connections and the relationships within BOSS as a group, how, how does it kind of exist as a kind of side, but then also as part of your lives? I mean, it's... it's very intertwined in mine. <laughs> very intertwined. Um, we spend an awful lot of time together travelling, <laughs> and yeah. staying in very close quarters um, but everyone really gets on there's never I no think it's pretty amazing there'd actually. be no room for arguments I can't no. I, th I think on the whole it's pretty good yeah everyone really unless gets I'm on unless I'm in complete denial <laughs> I don't know what's going on I think um, we're all grown up we, we sort of vary in age I think the youngest is 25 and 44 45 and we had oldest. Claire, who was in her 60s for yeah. a while. She moved on. But but... There's definitely like a few of us older ones that kind of, you know, oh my God, I don't know if that sounds really patronising. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, I think it's good to have an age range. You know, we yeah. don't want to be stuck like some of the older Morris sides where they're struggling to recruit new people. You know, it's good to keep it, you know, because our knees are going to go one day. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's good to have no. an age range. It feels more inclusive. We have a blast. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about being an all-female group? Yeah, I mean, oh no, um, we got it. Was never. I wasn't there in the very beginning when you when we decided, mm. but, and it, it wasn't ever like a big. It wasn't a massive statement, but it was an intention. Yeah, I think because traditionally sides tended to be male, or the stereotype is that they're male. I guess it was a slight reaction to that. Um, and I, I guess when you think about the way our costumes work, they're very much, I mean, you know, we can wear whatever we want, it doesn't matter, but 
That, it, that doesn't really matter. No, and as you know, obviously our musicians are going male. Going down the rabbit hole. And do, um, you know, it's, it, I guess it's not something that we think about that much. It just has kind of evolved, hasn't it? That kind of being all female and then we're sort of labelled. But then I've often wondered, like, at some point, you yeah. know, it's that whether we would open up to... Or, I don't know if be, it works. No, not necessarily to male, but, but oh. for sort of... I don't know, for non-gender specific... Like, I don't know. I worry yeah. sometimes that it could be... It, it's it, it, Yeah, it's definitely a conversation. Yeah. Um, I guess, I, I think, ultimately, being like a all-female side has is more of a, just a reaction to the all-male sides, really, fundamentally. Mm, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I it's a tricky one, really. I mean, it definitely feels pretty empowering to be a group of women. And, you know, it is, it's one of the first sort of USP things that come up mm. when, you know, you have written descriptions of us. Um, hmm. Yeah. Not sure. Um, do you have any kind of special moments or memories that stand out as like one of your like best moments of being in Boss Morris so far? Um, <laughs> I spent so many. <laughs> like each one I do, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah that was great. <laughs> Buzzing. Yeah. Um, I guess. The ones that I have found most scary, therefore the most achievement and proud of myself after completing, the ones that really pushed me outside of my comfort zones, therefore the payout, the payoff at the, you know, and so therefore... Payout, the you wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, things like early on when we did Glastonbury and that was, that was a big one. Yeah, that was that five was, days solid. Yeah, <laughs> and I was so nervous before we did it. But therefore, when we came off, I was just like, you know, and and again, the Brits. But then there's other ones, like even the one that we did on Saturday, where I knew that everybody who I have known and loved, everyone in that field watching. So therefore, you know, and then dropping my kid off at school this morning, and if I was like, I didn't know you did that. Where have you, how long have you been doing it? You know, seeing the mums <laughs> who didn't know that I danced and saw me on Saturday, and and so things like that's really nice to kind of showcase a hobby of mine. I think that that really touched a moment we had in Liverpool the other week. Yeah. That that, yeah. I I kind of had a moment where I was just like, oh, we're we're really doing something here. And we I was saying about that workshop earlier, and there was a kid. She was probably like eleven, twelve, and I think she had some learning difficulties. But she was she looked like she'd done Morris dance before. She was really good, and I was chatting to her mum. And uh, I was just like, oh, she's doing really great. She's like, oh yeah, she's done it before. And I was like, oh okay. And she said that they just started doing a, a lunchtime club at her school doing Morris dancing. I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. She's like, yeah, I think there was some staff at the school that saw you on TV and started, wanted to start up a Morris dancing club at the school. I was like, I was like, Josie, Josie, listen. And I was like, we've, we've made it. We've yeah, made I think, it. yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, that was like a real feeling. Yeah, I was like, really actually... choked by that. And I told Alec, I was like, oh my God, we were really squeaky. <laughs> This lady was sat there like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, things like that. You you feel like, you know, when you're trying to do something and 
And then, and then there's a really nice kid there dancing it and loving it. She yeah. was loving it so much. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't get the stick out of her hand. <laughs> um, things like that I find really touching. It's the, it's the moments where Morris is in a really different place. I, I, that's what really I like. Yeah. Or like when we danced in Croydon that time on the streets with these um, the hula hoop gals. Uh, they were so cool. I mean, we... we we were almost cool enough, but not quite as they were. <laughs> you know, and it was just like people in Croydon that probably, I, I don't know how many of them had seen Morris dancing before, but I'd imagine it was a lot less than in um, Stroud. Yeah. <laughs> so th- those things I, I really get off on. <laughs> what do the people in your life think of Boss Morris? Or of your involvement in it? I think they're all really proud, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah, my husband has never. Um, you know, danced or has been close to me. And so he, I mean, I think there's a sort of a sense of bewilderment, <laughs> like, you know, the things that, how it, how it, things come up. And um, my children, if you ask my 14-year-old son, I think he's... Had no, wait a minute. What did, when... Oh, yeah. Can that... you tell him that? I love that story where Freddie got you on the phone to his mates. <laughs> Did you tell him? I can't remember what he said. What did he say? It was, it's... And, and he said, Mum, weren't, weren't, you, weren't you on the Brits? And you were like, yeah. And he was like, see? And then put the speakerphone to his friends. He's never been proud of my Morris dancing before then. And when I said, are you coming to Randwick Wap? And he said, are you dancing? And I said, yes. And he said, no, I'm not sure. <laughs> So, but that's very Yeah, but that was a fleeting moment. <laughs> yes. Um, but my younger son, who's 11, and my daughter, who's 12, I think they, they love it and they like to come and watch. And I think... You know, there's a sense of they're quite proud of the things that we've done. Um, you know, I still do have to. When I first started Morris dancing, and I would try and talk to people, and I say, "Oh, I, I dance," and they're like, "Oh, what type of dancing?" And then I'd go a little bit sheepish, and I'm like, "Oh, Morris dancing." But now I say, "Oh, I'm a Morris dancer. I absolutely own it." Whereas in the start, I was a bit like, "Yeah, yeah, it's Morris," but almost apologetic. Um, but not anymore. Morris and mm. proud. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My my family love it. Like it's, I feel like it's all I talk about. My partner's just like boss, 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 boss. And uh, yeah, no, it's 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 a great talking point because it's just so odd. It's like talking about TV doing Morris dancing. Mad. Um. Yeah. No. It's it's everyone. Yeah takes over a lot of my uh, brain space yeah <laughs> <laughs> so would you do the majority do you do the majority of the sewing of the costumes um I, I I guess I sew them yeah. I mean a lot of the discussion and the ideas are very much a group effort and we have quite often there's a um, four or five people come around my house and we cut out pattern pieces but then usually I guess I'm the one that puts them together so which is I would say is instrumental <laughs> Um, yeah, It'd be much harder to do it without you. Yeah, better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, I guess I'm the only one with an overlocker. So. Yeah. <laughs> How long does it take to make the costumes? I mean, obviously, you said you had to do a quick turn on on them before. Yeah, in like a perfect world. In a perfect world. <laughs> well, I guess it's the way that we work. We work better to a deadline. It's things like drafting the pattern is is the bit that's getting that right and so quite often I make a few mock-up ones and that we experiment painting or printing or what's going to be the best 
way that we can have a factory that's what life. takes time that's the bit the that takes the time making is quite short really. yeah like with everything like making practical. a stencil and once we've made the stencils that's it bosh 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 we just work you know little gang yeah. of us um i don't think we'd get anything done if we didn't have a deadline to work to exactly because we could always put it off you know it's, yeah. it's, it's never a first or priority list of your jobs so really i would say two weeks three weeks would be our that is a push though that is a push but that's what we've always done it yeah. we've never but then like I, I made those crochet tops and i that oh, was that's true that i did i did that all over winter yeah lily made us some beautiful crochet tops mm. yeah that's a bit more straightforward i just yeah. did it and didn't really tell anyone yeah <laughs> i'm gonna hand over I think I've really only probably got one question. It's really about the music because you talked about uh, folk musicians that accompany you. How do you align the two? How do you make sure that it's all part of a whole? Well, I think a lot of it comes from them because they're so amazing. They're so pro. Yeah, they are amazingly pro. Um, I think. There's very, Alex talks a lot about the relationship between the dancer and the musician. Because I think, I, I was, we were talking about this before, like I think it's a relatively quite unique kind of relationship because you're, the musician is very much playing to you and you're very much listening to the music. It's So you, they, they do say that even like, say if we're doing uh, a move where we're jumping and landing at the same time, and if we're not all completely in time, um, they can do something yeah. with a note to make it sound, to make yeah. it look like we are landing at the same time. I mean, it blows my brain yeah. that they can, but they're so clever at what they do. Um, and especially Miranda, who uh, used to dance as well. So she's, yeah, she's an amazing dancer. So she's well. an amazing dancer, but so she'll she'll start playing something and she'll say, oh, well, how about if I do it like this? And you, and so she's got this great eye for watching us dance and then having ideas about how she can play to make it yeah. the dance look better. We're so fortunate to have that. But the three of them, so Rob and Sam, play a lot together professionally. They all do, but Miranda doesn't do as much gigging. Mm. I'm going to try and make her. But um, they've, yeah, they're very much in tune with each other. And I think they're very particular who they like to play with, which is fair enough, you know, we're, you know we want to dance with great people whatever so they I think them they're them coming to practice every week I didn't really think about this I was chatting to Miranda but they wouldn't have that opportunity ordinarily to play with each other quite so often mm. but because they come together most weeks when they're not doing other pay gigs or whatever um that they really have that time where they kind of but they, they just pull it out they make it look very effort effortlessless mm effortless um and you know they'll just tweak uh, a part in the tune and suddenly like they did it the other day in one of the tunes where they had a key change at the end yeah. when we were performing and it just elevated the whole song we didn't know it was even coming yeah i think what they said is they noticed that we were looking i think it was the end of quite a long gig and we were tired and um, they sensed that there was a feeling and so they wanted to liven us up so they suddenly threw in a key oh, change and we all went key change <laughs> and it gave us a whole new belt of energy yeah. that's why they did it and, and it, it was, was so beautiful it was in this yeah. big like it was in London in a big kind of mall almost so the yeah. acoustics were really King's nice place. Yeah. so it's things like that that you really see how talented they are and, and they can just and, and, and obviously they're so in tune with each other and in tune with us to notice that yeah. we were yeah, tossing yeah, the flag yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess being part of the practices as well that they, they you know they see the gubbins and 
and Rob writing that tune whilst we're le- making a dance up. I mean, it's like a beautiful kind of mm. symbiotic process. So he, he was saying it was quite easy, but I think that's because it's really good. <laughs> but, you know, he, he, you know, he said it's quite easy because you've already got the brief and the format and he's seeing how the moves are like coming together. Yeah. So he was kind of half writing the tune in his head as you go along. Earlier on, you said that you see him as to be radical. <laughs> How does the rest of the Morris dancing community see you? Or do you think they see you? Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I think in the beginning, um, we definitely felt a sense that we needed to prove ourselves that our dancing was this, because I think it looked like it was a gimmick, like the costume, because we were coming at it from a bit of a different angle we looked different to other Morris dancing sides that there was definitely a feeling that we needed to prove that our dancing was as good um because there was a few early on uh, you know a couple of comments that ha- had been like oh it's it's all about the costume and so I think that lit a fire in us um mm. and it made us really want to get our dancing up to scratch and make sure our footwork was all okay and I hope I mean we, you know, when we did Sidmouth Folk Festival in the summer, we were surrounded by so many other Morris teams. And the feedback that we get from them is that they like us and they say, you know, and it's all very friendly. We'd be naive to think that they all love us because, you know, you can't please everyone all the time. But mostly, I'd say, most of the time, it's, it's good. Um, I yeah. think sometimes there's a, you know, I guess if we're doing stuff that is seen on TV, um, the other sides can wonder why you know we get some of the gigs um but it's yeah I mean I would say mostly it's positive but that's maybe because that's the bits that we you know that we tune into um and all always in life you can never please everybody and there's always going to be mm-hmm. you know circumstances where people yeah. don't necessarily like you know there's purists out there that see what we're doing is it's not real Morris that's their that's their yeah yeah no I think 99% of the feedback is pretty amazing and really encouraging and like it's it's nice to know that we're on to a good thing I mean you're always going to get the traditionalists that have a slightly different way of thinking and think that it should be done this way or that way but you know you might ruffle a few feathers but I I, kind of see that as a good thing in a way you're kind of you know you're pushing something or you know attempting to not necessarily change it but push it forward um you know like I said, she can't please everyone but I, it's very rare that we come across that to be honest so would you say you're traditional dancers or contemporary dancers hmm. i think we're a bit both yeah 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 we uh, we still like to learn traditional dances. You know, we were looking on Tuesday about... They're very much Which traditional. traditional. So I think what we've... You went there Tuesday, but we were saying that that's it. You know, we're looking at new dances that we could learn. And the way that we've kind of said to ourselves is that maybe for everyone we make up, you know, that we choreograph, that we learn also a traditional dance yeah. to keep it even because there's enjoyment for us in both. We love the history of it and we love doing the traditional dances. And also we were saying that when we are with other Morris sides, it'd be so nice to learn a few more that other Morris sides know so that we can all join in together. And mm-hmm. so for us, that's just as important as 
as making up a dance um, to a new tune that's been created. So I think we're trying to keep it 50-50 so that it covers what everybody enjoys doing as a group. Yeah. yeah. And then it's the kind of melting pot of all the ideas feeding into it. It's not like one or the other. Yeah. I don't think you need to be one or the you other. You called it a dance out. And then you said, when someone does it for the first time, it's called a first dance out. Yeah. You're a traditional group. But it's radical. Do you have your own traditions for someone who does their first dance out? Wait, do you know what? We've, we <laughs> don't. Initiation. But I think... Initiation, oh my gosh. Um, we've, we've tried to not make too much of a big deal of the first dance out. A, because it puts a lot of pressure on the people. But like, I don't know. I, I've, I've seen like Morris dancers talk about it. And it, it just feels like it's like huge thing. That you've got to be this this you've got to be up to a standard with your dancing and obviously you know you do need to learn and and you've got to be able to do the dance but it it's not an exacting science for me Morris that's why I like it it's not like this classically trained you know there's no Morris school that you go to where you pick up grade four in it it's it's much more of a an interpretation in, you know, and you talk about having our fudgy steps that they're just naturally fudgy, mm-hmm. and you don't have to be this like perfect. Diet. It's the spirit of it, I think, that we like to concentrate on. And okay, maybe it's not like perfectly in line all the time, but it's a live dance, and never is going to be perfect. And I think perfect we did sort of say, didn't we, with new dancers coming in that perhaps they'd have the winter to learn, yeah, um, and then they'd dance out in the summer for the first time. But then, actually, in real terms, what that then meant was, I think, when Emma joined, we're like, oh yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, we were short a dance of like, oh, come on, Em, you've got this one yeah. now. You can go, you know, and so it, so I guess in answer is no, we don't, there's don't no think... special ritual that we do no. for a first dancer. Um, again, to not pile on the pressure, but quite often out of need, we sort of just get yeah. on with it. <laughs> it's more about the involvement, I think. Yeah. And like, I don't know, right, you can come and dance with us, but you've got to be really good before we can go out. Mm. I don't know. I, I think it more of like, you know, come and come and learn. A bit more nurturing. When you want to do it, let's just do it. And then it's not this like big thing. But I think it can be in other sides sometimes. You dance for band. Have you ever danced with singers? Yes. Yeah. What pure like a cappella? Oh. I don't know if we have. Not pure. No. Sort we've seen it done. No, it's always been in a band where there has been singing at yeah. the same time, but always with musicians as well. Yeah. What about if you had the band, would you then do it with, with singers? What What do you mean? So what, to, together? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we include... I mean, we, we do sing in parts of it. Yeah. There's some of the songs. And we have talked about singing yeah. a song rather than having musicians. We yeah. have, that did come up in conversation. It's something we'd like to explore. It feels yeah. like a natural progression mm-hmm. going into singing. And, it, you know, it, it's a, another light aspect of having a community feel singing. You know, you really encourage <clears throat> participation. I don't know. Yeah, it's not... I think also singing and dancing is really flipping hard. <laughs> There's, there's the end couple. of the song's usually a bit breathy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, your ambition is to go on a European tour. Well, I, it's, that would be fun. I would like to, but I don't yeah, know. I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> so, Eurovision's down in Sweden next year. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, please. That's idea. Any, <laughs> any way that you could possibly be behind singers and so on? That's where I was yeah. wondering. Yeah. 
Well, it's funny because we, when we did that Liverpool weekend back in uh, whenever it was April, April, yeah. we we're like, how can we get to Eurovision? <laughs> Trying to work out. Some well, it was kind of interesting because the dance that we were oh, teaching. Right. So in the workshop, um, we were teaching um, this workshop so that other this community, this this charity were going to be doing a procession where they were going to be showcasing different styles of dancing from around the world and they wanted to learn some Morris to do in in this procession. So we were teaching them the Morris steps that they could, and that was for the Eurovision. So that procession was... I very spirit. Didn't actually catch it on the telly, but I did see a video. Yeah, yeah so that yeah. that was so in a way we, there was a little bit of involvement, but I mean, I'm very, very tenuous. To Sweden, that, that yeah. would be fine. <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> so, how do you see the future of Boss Morris as a side? I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I guess we you, you want more sides to have a similar approach, I think. Yeah. Not be the same, because that would be boring. But, you know, there's definitely uh, a bit of a, a goal that, you know, encourage people to either join an existing Morris group and, you know, guide some Morris Especially, groups into, I don't know. Yeah, ones that are sort of struggling for numbers stuck. at the moment, it would be great. Yeah. You know, I think which that's happening, difficult. you know, yeah. anyway, there is this big sort of resurgence at the moment, which is wonderful. Or we'll set up your own side. Mm. I definitely hope that can happen as a result of us and what we're trying to do. Um, yeah. And as for us, I don't Just know. keep it going. Keep it going, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we've, we've talked about, we've had some conversations about doing a concept album. <laughs> <laughs> record label um I, who knows that's the, like one thing we like think oh right what and there's something else comes out like oh my gosh that's yeah. really bizarre and random we'll give it a go um yeah so if someone had like never heard of or seen boss morris how would you explain it to them in like two sentences if you could um <laughs> Mm, two sentences, really long sentences. Uh, boss, oh gosh, this is like what are your weaknesses, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, boss, I guess it's just like our bio or something. It's a all female English folk dancing group that um, that are trying to make folk dancing accessible. Um, uh, full stop. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> How about just um, a reflection on your experience so far in Boss Morris and what it's meant to you? Oh, it's been. It's been it's been so instrumental I think as someone who in the past has suffered with anxiety and depression and then to suddenly um, be doing these things in a million years I would have never have dreamt of doing it's made my confidence grow so much and also you know to think of like being a bit of a role model to my children of like actually from you know when I look at myself 10 years ago and I'm thinking here I am with three little children feeling really overwhelmed and and sort of not really knowing where my place 
was to then suddenly be surrounded by this sort of sisterhood of amazing women who are so driven and passionate and it's a whole nother it's you know boss are not only my friends but they're kind of like just integral to who I am now it's like you know we hang around each other so much that we all sound the same we, got, we all talk with it's almost like a little language um but yeah so I think yeah may long it continue <laughs> yeah it's definitely been like a I, I don't like to think I can't do things so boss has definitely given me us opportunities where we're like yeah, I could dance on a stage. <laughs> yeah, I could go on radio. <laughs> I could do this. <laughs> and suddenly it's just give it gives you like these really weird scenarios where you're having really unusual experiences. And then it's even more weird because you're like, it's because I'm boss dancing. Um, but it does, it ties in like your a lot of my social life and a huge amount of creativity is funneled through boss. But it, it, it also it's sort of starting to come back round because I do my own artwork and I think that's part of my interest in Boss initially was that I'm quite into folk art and, you know, creative work that comes from everyday people rather than the establishment. It kind of feeds into to, to my idea of thinking in that way. And it's just really fun. I think, I think if it ever stops being fun, then it would be different. But I think it's fun first and then everything else comes underneath. Yeah.